Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. This week, we are continuing to talk about upping your assets for this month of February. And uh, for those of you that are wondering what wine I might be drinking while I'm recording this podcast, I reverted back to one of my favorites from Lake Cuca, their red blend. So if you hear me take pause and sip for a second, it just means I'm enjoying the moment. And I hope you do as well. One of the things that we like to talk about when we're talking about the journey that somebody takes to saving for whatever their goal might be, and when we say upping their assets, is explaining exactly what is an asset and what are with all the initials that go with assets. So let's start first with an asset that's as simple as cash. But it could also be a money market account, it could be a savings account, it could be a CD. Cash is anything that is relatively liquid, meaning you can get to it very quickly. And, um, you know, it's something that has basically dollar for dollar value. That's not to say that cash can't lose value. And what I mean by that is if you think about your savings account right now, if you're lucky, you might be getting, if it's a high yield, what, 0.4% if you're lucky. Well, inflation right now is at 2% or close to it. So in that situation, you're looking at one point. 5-2% loss of use of your money if you're only earning 0.48 and inflation is at 2%. So when people say to me, I'm, you know, I don't want to lose any money, I always take a step back and say, well, even with cash, you can lose spending power. But nonetheless, that is one of your assets. One of the other things that we talk about is all of the different types of accounts that you can have. So often when we're working with clients, we'll say to them, you need to not only diversify the assets that you hold, so not put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to one stock or one bond, but also the type of money that you hold. So if you think about three very basic categories, then this might help you understand what I'm saying. So category one is what we call taxable. So taxable is anything that when you earn a dividend or interest on it, you pay tax on it right now, meaning the tax year that you earned it. That would be called a taxable account. Some people call those non-qualified accounts. 
But generally speaking, we call those taxable accounts. Then there's what's called tax-free accounts. Those are things like a Roth IRA, where you put money in after tax and all the earnings, as long as you hold it within certain conditions, grow tax-free. And then when you pull it out, again, if you meet certain conditions, then you don't pay tax on any of the money, including the earnings uh, that you you have on that account. So that's a tax-free account. And then third, there would be a tax-deferred account. That's where the alphabet soup gets really crazy. So when we think of a tax-deferred account, you might have heard of a 401k, which is an employer-sponsored plan that allows you to contribute money into that plan up to $19,500 for 2021, or an additional $6,500 if you're over the age of 50. This money goes in pre-tax, meaning it's pulled out of your paycheck. You don't pay federal, and well, sometimes you pay state tax on it, but you don't pay federal tax on it. And when you pull the money out later in life, when technically you're supposed to be in a lower tax bracket, but not always, so you have to be careful with that one, uh, then you pay tax on the money. So that's a 401k. There's also something called a 403b. And a 403b is often something that a teacher or a non-for-profit organization has. A 403b is very much like a 401k, but it's a different tax code. And it does have some nuances that a 401k doesn't have. However, the maximum that you can put in a 403b right now is very similar. It's 19,500 and 6,500 more if you're over the age of 50. Now, that's not the only limits with a 403b, but that's high level what it does for you. Keeping in the four families, there's also something called the 457. Now, a 457 is considered technically a non-qualified plan. And one of the, one of the uh, benefits of a 457 is that you actually can withdraw money prior to age 59 from a 457 plan. Usually you see these with government agencies. That's often what you see 457 plans offered in. They have special withdrawal provisions that 401ks and 403bs don't have. So there are some benefits to those plans. Those are uh, the high level plans that starts in the mainly starts in the 400s, but there's also other plans that you don't know by those numbers. They are considered profit sharing plans or money purchase pension plans. Those are deferred compensation plan or deferred contribution plans. And those usually are portions that the employer contributes. And again, those are usually all pre-tax. One caveat. We're now starting to see the Roth portion of 401ks, 403bs, 457s. So in the past, you all of the money that you would put in any of those plans would be pre-tax. But now many of those plans are actually starting to have the, 40, uh, the 401k plan especially allow a Roth component. That's hugely beneficial if you're a high income earner, because usually if you're a high income earner, there's limitations on when you can contribute to a Roth without doing what's called the backdoor, talking about ABCs of of terminology, right? So for people that can't easily contribute to a Roth, a 401k Roth provision is actually very helpful. Okay, so that's the bucket that I was, another bucket that I was talking about. 
Let's then move over to IRAs. So those were all employer-sponsored plans that I mentioned. IRAs are something that individuals can actually have, whether or not they have a 401k plan, 403b plan, or 457 plan through their employer. An IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account, and it can be either a deductible IRA, meaning you get to take the whole deduction off from your tax return, or it can be a non-deductible IRA, meaning that you've made the contribution, which you're permitted to do, but you couldn't actually deduct the contribution on your taxes. However, you wanted to save for retirement and the earnings remain tax deferred in that IRA. If you're making a non-deductible IRA contribution, you really want to make sure you keep good records because when you withdraw that money, not all of it is taxable, right? So if you put $5,000 in a non-deductible IRA and it earns $3,000, when you go to take the withdrawal, you don't want to pay full taxes on the $8,000. You only want to pay on the $3,000. And it is a prorated formula. So you need to take good, keep good records if you're going to make non-deductible IRA contributions. Often when somebody is making a non-deductible IRA contribution, it's for purposes of what's called a backdoor Roth IRA. You can make a non-deductible IRA contribution and then turn right around and, and convert it into a Roth IRA because there's no income limits to a Roth IRA, only uh, no income limits to a conversion to a Roth IRA, only to a contribution to a Roth IRA. So I'll repeat that. You can convert a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA, no matter what your income level is. But you can't always make a contribution to the Roth IRA directly uh, if your income is too high. So that's the other type of IRA account, a Roth IRA. Now, Roth IRA, as I mentioned, the money goes in after tax. So you've already paid tax on the money, goes into the account, $6,000 if you're under age 50, uh, $7,000 if you're over. And if you let that money sit at least five years or until you're 59 and a half, whichever is longer, then any earnings that you pull out actually are tax-free as well. So let's recap. We talked about 401k, 403b, 457. Some of them have a deductible component. Some of them have a Roth component. We talked about individual accounts, which is an IRA or a Roth IRA. And remember, the traditional IRA has both a deductible and a non-deductible. And just stepping back for a second, to determine if your IRA is deductible or not is based on whether or not you and or your spouse have any kind of access to any retirement account through your employer. So there's the the alphabet of retirement accounts as they speak. Earlier, when I was talking about the taxable account, remember I said with taxable accounts, you pay taxes on any income that you receive in the year that you receive it. So if you get a dividend, if you have a capital gain, if you have interest, all of those get taxed to you in the year that you actually earned it. Okay, let's back up and what is an, what is a dividend, what is an interest, and what is a capital gain, or in some cases, a capital gain distribution. Well, those are all really important terms right now because as we start to get into tax season, you'll see those terms on your on your 1099s. Interest, that's exactly what it sounds like. 
you earned a certain percentage on your money. You'll see that with money jacket accounts or CDs or any kind of cash accounts, you're going to earn interest or bonds, by the way. Dividends are something that usually stocks produce. So any kind of ownership that's pushed out in income called dividends, that's that's something that you have to claim. And qualified dividends actually get special tax treatment over non-qualified dividends. So if you are earning non-qualified dividends, um, they are taxed at your ordinary income tax rate where qualified dividends are taxed at your capital gain tax rate. So you get some tax advantage from a federal perspective. Uh, And then you've got capital gains. Capital gains are something that you get taxed on when you sell something and it's gained in value. So if you purchase something for $100, you let it sit in your account for a while. Let's say you let it sit there. Well, actually, it's a good point because if you only let it sit there for, say, three months, you have what's called a short-term capital gain. And a short-term capital gain is taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. But if you hold it for over a year, then you get a long-term capital gain. So capital gains, you sell something at a gain, you pay tax on that gain at capital gain tax rates, which are either 0, 15, or 20, depending on your tax bracket. Then there is what's called capital gain distributions. So I know I just said capital gains, but capital gain distributions come from mutual funds who have bought and sold, technically sold things throughout the course of the year. And as a result, need to push out those capital gains to you, the taxpayer, in order to keep their tax-free status. They they need to push that out. Somebody has to pay tax on it. So they're pushing it out to you, the taxpayer. Payer. Now, you may not have sold anything personally, but within the fund, some things were sold, and that's what creates capital gain distributions. So, capital gains are something you sell. Capital gain something. Capital gain distributions are something that the mutual fund company sells, and only if you're in a taxable account would you even know that that's something that's really going on. One other area, since we're talking about taxes, one other area that I like to talk about when it's coming to different types of accounts is an annuity. An annuity can be a tax-deferred annuity or it can be an immediate annuity. And it can also have a growth, like it can be invested in um, sort of like mutual funds with an annuity or it can be a fixed annuity where it's a guaranteed rate. But annuities, uh, especially if it's a tax-deferred annuity, they have the advantage of you not paying any tax on them this year. But when you pull money out of an annuity, the earnings come out first and then the principal. So it's not prorated like the IRA that I mentioned before. It's interest comes out first, then principal. So if you need to take a withdrawal and it doesn't quite touch your principal, all of that would be considered taxable income. And then finally, again, since we're talking about types of accounts and sort of taxes, there's what's called passive income. And passive income is something that you might get from, let's say, rental income or something. It's something that you you haven't had to earn it in a wage perspective. You've earned it because of an investment that you've made. So passive income is another term that people are maybe not familiar with, but they've seen it in different places. 
So I know this was a lot of information packed in this 15 minutes. Uh, So we hope you come back and re-listen to this. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, please drop us a note at info at rootedpg.com. We'd love to answer your questions around terminology and make it easier for you to understand what your financial vineyard is doing for you and with you. We hope you like the show and we hope you are able to enjoy listening to the next episode where we have a new guest coming on. And by the way, don't forget to rate our show. We'd love it if you go out to iTunes um, or Spotify and rate the show and share it with your friends. We hope to continue offering great guests and really want to know what you want to hear. Have a great night, everyone. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.